I want to start, we started last week in the book of Ruth, we talked about Naomi, and I want to this week start in the first chapter and talk a little bit about the commitment of Ruth. I don't want to go through the whole chapter again, we, we talked about it last week, but I really want to focus in on verses 16 and 17, but we will look at uh, several other verses in uh, the chapter, but I want to begin by a, a couple, a, a one story and, and just a, a statement. Pliny the Elder, who was a Roman writer who lived in the same time period of Jesus, he told of a story of a 99-foot-tall stone pillar, the, the skinny ones that go up and then it's got the point at the top. It took 20,000 workers who were chosen to help pull the ropes and activate the hoisting apparatus to lift this massive uh, pillar. There, there was a great responsibility along with a great risk in this operation. One error could cause this pillar to tip over and break and it would ruin years of work on this pillar. So a lot of times it was one stone uh, that they carved out on these pillars. But the king demanded one act which ensured the completion and the complete attention and the best direction for the engineer. He ordered the engineer's own son to be strapped to the apex of the pillar. (laughs) Think about that. Would you be careful in your uh, work? Would you be careful in the way that you told the men to raise this? You know, the, the, the thing that the king wanted to make sure happened was that the engineer's heart and his head would be given to the task. Total commitment probably came from that engineer as he raised that pillar up. You know, when we think about that story, what we see is forced commitment, right? We see somebody who is forced into having commitment, uh, even extra special commitment. But I saw this and I thought this was really good too. It says, give me 100 men who hate nothing but sin love God and are totally committed to him and I will shake the world for Christ. (laughs) That's an incredible statement. That is a bold statement. That is a confident statement. And that is a statement of people willing to commit themselves to the Lord. Tonight I want us, as we think about Ruth and her commitment, I want to apply that to our commitment to the Lord. And the first thing that I'd like for us to consider, Ruth's commitment, it shines as an example uh, for our commitment to the Lord. And the first thing that I'd like for us to consider is she doesn't let negativity distract her commitment to Naomi. I want you, if you will, look at verse uh, 11 in Ruth, and I want to kind of bring us into verse 16 and 17. It says, but Naomi said, turn back my daughters. 
Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law is gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. And I don't want to read verses 16 and 17 yet, but I want you to skip down to verse 18. And it says, when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. And then we move over to verse 20, and it says, But she said to them, Naomi said to the the people who were excited from the city, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me, and I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Ruth was surrounded by a woman who was upset with God. Ruth was surrounded with somebody who, after she says such powerful words, stops speaking to her. Ruth is with a lady who says that I went out full and the Lord has brought me home empty. And Ruth is right there with her. Could you imagine the feeling? Could you imagine how you would feel if you were in Ruth's situation? Would you do like Ruth did or would you have some other choice words maybe to say? She loves Naomi. She is committed to stay with her despite the negativity. Now, I want us to pull applications as we talk about Ruth to our lives. When we think about ourselves, when we think about the things that are going on in our lives, do we, and I'm talking to myself as well, let negative things pull us down? Do we let negative things distract us from what we should be committed to? I want you to think about uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And then if you skip down just a little bit, verse 5 tells us this, Casting down arguments... And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now think about that. When negative things come in our lives, when negative things come around us and we start thinking about them, do we dwell on them and handle them fleshly? Or do we bring them into captivity to the obedience of Christ? 
In order for us to be committed like we should be committed, we have to not allow negative things to control the narrative in our life. We have to stay focused on the mission. What was Ruth's mission? What was Ruth's mind set on? If you will, look at verses 16 and 17. It says, but Ruth said to her, and this is coming off of the comment that is made by Naomi. Look at your sister-in-law. She's, she's gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth says, entreat me. Please make intercession and tell me to not leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there, I, there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Strong words. We're talking about full commitment. She says, please make intercession. Please tell me not to turn back, but tell me to turn to you and allow me to follow you and don't tell me to go back anymore. I want to be with you. Is that how we are in our lives as Christians when it comes to our commitment to the Lord? How focused are we when it comes to doing the things that God wants us to do? Are we committed? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The way we handle our situations, the way we handle the negative times in our lives or the negative things that are put in our life, we deal, it with, we deal with it in obedience with Christ. And then we put it in its place and we continue to go on our way. Think about this. Not only was she, uh, she didn't let negativity distract her commitment to Naomi, she commits herself to a new land. Think about this. She says, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. That had to be hard, don't you think? She's from Moab. That's where her family is. That's where the gods that she worships uh, are. The rules and the regulations that she follows come from Moab, and she says, I want to follow you. And I'll go to a new land. Wherever you stay at is where I'm going to stay. Wherever uh, your people, whoever your people become or whoever they are, that's going to be my people. And whoever your God is, that's going to be my God. Total commitment to Naomi. Think about the application for our lives today. We should be willing to cut all ties with our old life. You remember, and I'm talking spiritually now, you remember what Colossians chapter 3 tells us. It says, but now you, are, you yourselves are, put, are to put off all these, anger, wrath, 
malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Why am I not to do these things anymore? Because you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. I love the ending of that verse. Think about what it says. It says, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So as I put on this new man, in the sense, I go into this new land, this new place of living. I no longer do those old things, but I'm renewed in my knowledge and my understanding of who Jesus is and what he's about. She committed herself to a new land. It didn't matter where she was going to go. It didn't matter where she was going to end up. She was committing her life to be with Naomi. Wouldn't that be something that would be encouraging to you? In a tough situation, somebody says, you know what? I can go back, but I'm not. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to go with you and help you out. Nobody else will help you out, but I'm going to help you out. I'll be there with you. I got a lot of stuff that I need to do, but I'm still going to be with you because I'm committed to helping you out. Doesn't that make you feel good? Doesn't that always bring a smile to your face? I mean, we have all had situations like that. I could think of many uh, right now that I'm so thankful for people for taking time out of their lives to help me in tough spots. But Ruth was committed to a new land. What else was it? And I want you to think about this. She commits herself to new leadership. She says, wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. There's going to be some changes that happen with uh, Ruth, maybe she had gone by some of the principles that were established by the Israelites. But when she comes into fellowship with them, she's going to be held accountable for certain things, isn't she? A true Israelite, somebody who is doing God's will under the Mosaic law is going to have to follow it. Is going to have to follow it to the T. We must be willing as well to commit ourselves to leadership in our lives. Here we are in the new covenant. Here we are in the new laws that have been set down by the Lord. And what does he tell us? Uh, the Bible in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Ruth had emptied herself and she was willing to commit herself to whatever the situation was. Whatever she needed to do, she was willing to do it. Are we in the same mind today? Does this, is this a part of who we are? Do we obey those who rule over us? Are we submissive? Are we trying to 
help them out and encourage them and try to strengthen them and pray for them? Are we talking to them about situations that we have in our lives? Are we using it the right way? Or is it just not that important to us anymore? Is the system not exactly how it should be? The blessing that we have and the blessing that we should understand is we see the godly principle established in the New Testament. This is not a new uh, deal. This is not something that was just thought of by man. God set up elders in every congregation, and we should help them in every way that we can. Amen? We should be submissive. We should understand that they watch out for our souls. We should encourage them and tell them the things that we may be struggling with or the things that are going on that we may have concerns about. Whatever the situation is, when we are talking and we are concerned and we are thinking about those things, that shows total commitment to his body. But when we don't do it, and we take other routes, and we do other things, and we go other ways. What do we do? But we show that this way is maybe not the best, right? Ruth says, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Whatever you do, I'm going to do. Wherever you lodge, I'm going to lodge. She totally dedicated herself to whatever Naomi was about to do. Naomi was in such a way. Naomi was, was upset with God, was upset with the way that God had done her. Her mind wasn't where it needed to be at, but that didn't bother Ruth. Her commitment was to Naomi. The principle that I want us to see, the principle that I'm trying to pull out of this is commitment are we committed even though negativity is all around us? Are we committed to understand that we put off the old and we carry out the new to the fullest? Do we understand that we belong to new leadership? Leadership that was established by Christ. What about this one? She was committed to live a new lifestyle. No longer was she going to be a Moabite doing Moabite things, now she was going to be transformed into a new lifestyle. If she didn't want to, then she probably would have to stay outside, right? But if she wanted to be a part of the family of God, the Israelites at that time, she had to do Israelite things. There must be a commitment to us in our lifestyle. And it has to be based on the word of God. Think about this verse that we know so well, brethren. Is this us? I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, one that's holy, one that's acceptable to God. And all that this is is your reasonable service. This is what you were made to do as a child of God, to present your body a living sacrifice. Lord, it's all about you. You know, when I, when I told you that I was going to follow you, when I denied myself, when I came up out of those waters, I made a promise to you that I was going to do this. No longer will I live for myself, but I will always and continually in every single thought, in every single attitude, 
I will present to you a sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to you because I love you so much. I love you. Could you imagine the emotion that's going on with Ruth and Naomi? She she loves Naomi. It's her mother-in-law. It's a strong bond between them two. You can see the weeping and the sobbing and the emotions that are going into this story. Orpah kisses her and she leaves and, and there's weeping going on. It's a tough time. But Ruth says, please don't tell me to leave. I want to be with you. Is that us in our lives as Christians? How committed are we to the Lord? Does it make us sad when we sin? Does it upset us when we do things contrary to his word? Do we hate sin like God hates it? Do we despise it in our lives? Do we say, no longer am I going to do this, Lord. I don't want this to be a part of my life because I love you and I've committed myself to be your servant. She was committed to a new lifestyle. She says, your people shall be my people and your God will be my God. Ruth is an incredible woman. You know, as, we, as I started to study these women in the Bible, I mean, these women, boy, men, thank the Lord for some women that are godly, that do what God says. You see it over and over in the Bible, godly women setting the example for us. Ruth loved Naomi, and we'll see God's providence work through this story like you won't believe, which brings us to the next point. She committed herself to a new lineage, and I love this connection. Watch this. She says, your people shall be my people. When we think about the lineage of Jesus, where does it backtrack to? Ruth. A Moabite, my bad, a Moabitess. A Moabitess becomes a part of the lineage of the Messiah, of the Christ. We have to realize as Christians that we have been added to the family of God. We belong to a different family tree. You remember Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17? Just like uh, Ruth was in the lineage of Jesus, look at what lineage we're a part of. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. This is my favorite part of this verse. And joint heirs with Christ. Really? With Jesus? Yeah. Joint heirs. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Lord, I'm committing my life to you. I don't care what I have to go through. I don't care the things that happen to me in my life. I'm not going to let negativity bring me down. I'm not going to let people bring me down. I'm not going to let anything keep me from being committed to you. 
Think about the journey that Ruth is about to take. Think about the things that are about to happen. She's so unsure of so many things, but it doesn't matter. Her commitment to Naomi drives her. Is that what drives us? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen the next day. I don't know if we're going to live uh, five to ten minutes from now. But what I do know is that the Lord is with me, and I'm going to dedicate my life totally to him. And whatever he says to do, that's what I'm going to do. Because I love you so much. She commits herself to this new lineage. But look at this one. She commits herself to a new Lord. Your God will be my God. She obviously, before some time in her life, had worshiped gods. We see that in verse 15. She's, uh, when Naomi tells her, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods, return after your sister-in-law. But she says, your God is going to be my God now. I've got a new Lord that I serve. There's a new master in her life. There's going to be a new controller of the things that she does, and she's okay with that. It doesn't matter to her. She's going to do whatever's needed to do because her, her uh, commitment to Naomi is strong. Now think about the application for us. Is there a new master in our life? Is there a master who controls every area of our life? You know, I was, as I was reading verses uh, to, to talk about this point, I came to 1 Samuel chapter 12 when Saul is about to be crowned king and Samuel's making the address. And, and, and when he gets towards the end, this is what he says. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. Ruth says, your God is going to be my God. But brethren, we know who our God is. We know the master of our life. Are we committed to serve him in truth and serve him with all of our hearts? Because we have considered those great things that he's done for us by way of Jesus Christ on the cross, dying for our sins, allowing us to be found right in his eyes. All the spiritual blessings that come in Christ Jesus, does that allow us to be more committed than we are right now? How committed are we to the Lord? You remember what 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God not only in your body, but in your spirit which belong to God. Are we committed to the Lord? Are we committed to do what he asks us to do? And I want us to think about, and I'm almost done. Verse 17. The Bible says, where you die, 
I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. She commits for life. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Think about what she says. You talk about commitment. She says, if I don't keep my word, let the Lord do more to me. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty big oath that she makes. Pretty strong statement for her commitment to Naomi. Man, if you don't see the commitment just peeling off of this sheet, I don't know what what you're missing. Because, Because commitment is in all capital letters with a bunch of exclamation points behind it. She was totally committed, without a doubt. There wasn't nothing pulling her away from being committed to Naomi. And we're about to see it. We're about to see what she does. We're about to see the respect she shows Naomi, even after she says, I've been brought back empty. (laughs) I've been brought back empty. I left full with all my family, and now I've come back, and I'm empty. And poor old Ruth standing right there. We should be willing in the same way to commit to the Lord and his will without any restrictions. Do we have any restrictions in our lives today? Are there some restrictions on us being fully committed to God? Are there some things in our lives that we just aren't ready yet to just let go of? Our commitment to Jesus Christ must be complete. It must be absolute. It must be final. That's when your life changes. That's when the, when the things of, of this world become less and less, when it becomes complete, when it becomes final. You know what? I'm not going to serve anybody except you. Matt, I don't know if I could do that. Well, why can Paul say it? For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. A man who was locked up, a man who was beat, a man who had all these problems, how in the world can he say it? And we can't. We can. And we should. And we should be excited. And it should be a thing that we long for and we want to be a part of our lives. Lord, this week, you know what I pray? You know what I've thought about? I'm just going to be honest with you guys. My prayer life is not exactly where it be, is, is supposed to be at. And I know that may come as a shock to you. The preacher is up here saying that his prayer life isn't where it needs to be at. Does that mean I don't pray? Mm-mm, that's not what I'm saying. I want to pray more. I want to use God first more. I specifically talk to the elders about every time that they meet. I wanted to help myself in this situation. I wanted to make myself stronger in this situation. So you know what I did? I went down and I talked to the elders. 
If you're going to be held accountable, why not go right to your boss, right? So I go right to my bosses and I say, look, before you guys meet, here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you guys. I want to have a list of things I want to pray for. I want you to have a list of things that you want to pray for. And I want to spend some time in prayer. I'm so excited for that time. I'm like, hey, when are you guys meeting? They're like, well, we're meeting Tuesday. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be out of town. Okay, great. That's a great start to my promise, right? Already going to miss the first meeting that I've been so excited to be involved in. I'm not exactly where I need to be at. You're not exactly where you need to be at. But what are the things that you're struggling in your commitment towards? What are towards God? What are those things that you're not doing as well as you should? I want to be a prayer warrior. And I pray all the time, brethren, but I want to be more about it. I want to be talking to the Lord. I want to be letting him know all of those concerns that I'm struggling with. I want to spend time in in, in, in prayer, talking to him and allowing him to hear what's going on in my life. That's me. What about you? Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is a gain. You know, I love the story about uh, Jesus when he goes and he's finding the apostles, you know. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 20, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. I like putting myself in the narrative, don't you? Don't you like putting yourself in the story? Here's Jesus walking by the sea, and all of a sudden he sees these two brothers, Peter and Andrew, and they're casting their nets into the sea because they were fishermen. Then Jesus goes up to him, and he said, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they immediately... What a great thought. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Peter wasn't perfect, was he? I mean, we, I know you guys probably, have, I think, have talked about him on Wednesday night. Peter was not perfect, but what did he do? He immediately left and he follows Jesus. That's a pretty big commitment. That's a pretty big commitment to me. I'm just going to leave my nets and I'll just follow me. Where are we going? Just follow me. Does this describe us? Or are there some areas where we can see commitment is slacking? Having an attitude like Ruth shows us the way we should be committed to the Lord. And I want to just read verse 22, and it'll be a couple weeks, and we'll get back into it. But it says, Naomi returned. And Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. That's where we'll start the next time we bring this lesson up. But Ruth was committed. I know somebody else who was committed too. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it talks about, I will never leave you or forsake you. What can man do to me? In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus tells them, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. I'm so glad Jesus is committed to me. How about you, brother? How about you, sister? I'm so glad that we can see examples of people in the Bible, regular people being committed. The question is, how committed are we? Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, this evening to be here. As I said this morning, I want to say it again. I want you to use Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. If you become tired, if you become complacent, if you become wore out, if you become discouraged, whatever the situation is, don't let Satan get you. I totally understand. (laughs) Totally. I get it. I know how it is to be a human being. But what we have to remind ourselves of all the time is that the Lord is with us through the toughest times. Don't get discouraged in doing good. Because you're going to reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. Maybe not right here in this life, but heaven's going to be incredible. Amen? Jesus is going to be incredible. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Maybe you're here and you need to obey the gospel. Please. Please don't wait. Jesus Christ could be back at any moment, and he's coming for his body. It's going to be a great day. Don't miss that day. Just because you may be thinking about it or contemplating it, don't be embarrassed. Don't think that, you know, maybe I'll do it later on. Maybe I got some few things I got to work out. No, don't, don't do that. Just obey the gospel. Become a part of his body. Be added to his family. An awesome family tree. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need prayers, if you need to obey the gospel, come right now together we stand and sing.